if you're passionate about something, you can do it. You really can. Um, I know a lot of people are just really afraid to jump into the entrepreneurship because they don't want to fail. Failure is okay. Failure is absolutely okay because you cannot grow without failure. You just can't. The Gentech Podcast discussing business, investing, and marketing. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gentech Podcast, bringing you valuable and inspirational discussion with top business owners. Today we have on Lizette Rivera, the founder of Roasted Whisk, a coffee gift box company. We're going to talk to her about her company, how she got inspired with this very unique idea, and how she uses social media in her company. So Lizette, thank you so much for being on the podcast. No, thank you for having me. So first, I just want to ask you a little bit about yourself. I know your company's Tampa-based, but um, are you originally from Tampa? I, I oh, was born and raised in Perth Amborn, New Jersey. Um, and then my parents decided to move to a little bit of warmer climate. So I think I've been a Tampa resident since I was like six years old. Wow. So you've really seen Tampa grow over the years. I have. It's amazing. So what inspired you to develop this idea? Did you have interest of coffee or, or what really brought this idea upon you well being um cuban and puerto rican i have a cuban mom puerto rican father like coffee cuban coffee has always been in our culture coffee period and so we were going through a quarantine with covid and my daughter's a 2020 grad so like most 2020 grads after spring break they didn't go back so we were kind of bored and baking just gave us um, something to do, something fun that, you know, we could just like really bond. And we came up with, we kind of just were combining like our love of coffee and the culture and the fun of baking. Yeah. And I definitely see that in this company, there is um, a lot of passion and, and love put into this. Yes. So we'll, we'll first start. I know you did a few things before you started your own company. So want to just tell us about that? I actually was in corporate America for quite a long time. So I spent like over 20 years in the insurance industry doing property claims. And then I got diagnosed as a celiac. I became super sick for quite a while after coming back from a trip from Costa Rica. It took a little while for them to even figure out what was wrong with me. Because um, one of the first questions they ask you is like, have you been out of the country? And as soon as I said yes, they were, oh, you have a parasite. Oh, you have this, you have that. And that took me to, you know, that long ago, there was no snacks for people with celiac. So you have to eat gluten-free. And so I, um, that's how Chef Inspired Popcorn was born. So I went from like corporate America, you know, all the suits and heels to a fun gourmet gluten-free popcorn shop. So I did that and I had it for five, six years. It was a lot of fun. And I met a lot of interesting people and I learned a lot about entrepreneurship. So when you got out of corporate America, how was that transition? Because, you know, when is the right time to start a company? You never really know. But that is such um, a funny story. You come back from a foreign country and then, of course, you have something that's not even related, <laughs> you know. So how did you, you know, get that passion and motivation to leave your nine to five and start your own company? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, if you talk to my parents, they'll tell you that I was always an entrepreneur from the time I was five um, 
trying to take uh, sell pencils in in elementary school. They got a note sent home with them that I was taking quarters from kids and sending them my pencils and telling them, oh, if you buy this pencil, like you're going to do your work fast because I was, you know, was a, a smart kid. So, you know, my parents will tell you that. The transition, wow, it was really a leap of faith. I, I was like, you know, I really believe that I could do something fun and something different. Tampa didn't have a popcorn shop and I just felt there was a need for it, especially to have some fun snacks. And it really just was that. And sometimes and I get a lot of that from different entrepreneurs that I have met through networking events or just being out and about that. They just really had to dig deep to believe in themselves. And I had a lot of support from my family and my fiance and I just like, just did it. I just really just did it. I had this no fear. If I fail, it's okay. Um, but if I don't take that chance, what what will I, am I gonna miss out on this opportunity? You know, so it just really was that. It was just this gut instinct that, you know, I can do this. I can take everything I learned from corporate America, from my parents, from my mom, who was an entrepreneur herself and just, bring popcorn to the city of Tampa. Yes, and your story, you know, having passion and not finding those celiac friendly snacks and just making your own is is so inspiring and obviously there was so much passion behind that company. So, you leave corporate America, what are your first steps after that to start Chef Inspired Popcorn? So, I leave corporate America and I honestly took I did take a little bit of time for myself. Um, I do have a daughter, I two kids. Um, my son was, he was an adult at the time, but Sammy was still young. So I wanted to take a little bit of time to be with her, spend time with her. And then I just dove in. I just started ordering online, like all different kinds of popcorn to just see what others were doing and what I wanted to do. And looking at recipes and just do, really doing, really doing the homework. Like it was a lot of fun. And including my daughter in that, because even at such a young age, I mean, it's been six, seven years, you know, I wanted her to see and be that person, that role model, that she could also do whatever she wanted. And I want to ask, do you have a background with cooking? No, it was just fun. I've always um, liked to cook. I can clearly remember my grandfather coming from Puerto Rico and being like eight years old and destroying the kitchen, making pancakes, because I just wanted to make them. And it's just been, I think it's like a stress reliever for me, because it's just, it's just fun to just mess around in the kitchen. I mean, I never in my wildest dreams thought it would become actually two businesses. So yes, yeah, so you start with chef inspired popcorn, you said you did that to five to six years, and then COVID hit. So did COVID kind of make you, you know, rethink your business model and, and look towards other possibilities? Um, so I, a lot of people think like I had some insight um, into COVID because my fiance does spend a lot of time over in Europe in his uh, line of business. And I didn't. It, I was getting out of the retail market prior to COVID hitting. It was just time for me. And I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs do face that when you just know like, okay, it's just time, you know, I've done this for a while. It's great. I'm going to miss it. But um, 
rent was already starting to skyrocket at the time. And I was in South Tampa and, you know, it was just time for me. I, I can't really explain the feeling. And then, you know, was not, I got sold the business. I didn't sell the name. I kept the name because I worked really hard to trademark that. And then it was not even two, three weeks that COVID hit. Wow. That's I was just very lucky. I'm not sure as a small business, um, especially with popcorn that I would have survived uh, COVID. Mm -hmm. So that timing definitely was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, being a mom and being able to include your daughter into these businesses has been amazing for you. And do you have advice to um, females and mothers who are looking to start their own business? I, you know, I would tell everybody to just you're for me, mothers are typically born with like this gut instinct, like we just naturally have this PhD in being a doctor, nurse, whatever, follow that instinct. If you have a passion for something, if you can take a passion and turn it into something that actually makes money for you, you're a millionaire, no matter what you're making. Find a mentor. I think that was my biggest oops is that i had maybe i was a little overconfident and even though my partner has been an entrepreneur for like 30 years i was like i'm gonna do this by myself i'm not gonna ask anybody anything so i did with chef inspired hit my head quite a few times and that's what i would suggest for young mothers entrepreneurs find somebody find somebody that you can you know that can be a mentor to you because people like me i love mentoring i could get five emails and i'll want to say yes to everybody and really like guide them along the way because though you're working like a hundred hours versus that 49 to five there's no better feeling than having your own business I completely agree. And especially as a mother, like you want to have, you want to be able to pick your schedule and pick when you're working and decide that. And I honestly think COVID made everyone really realize that working from home is just so much bigger now because we can see that all the work we're doing at the office, we can do the same thing at home and having that time for our family and friends has become more yeah. important than ever. So it really was impeccable timing for you. So. <laughs> it was almost like it was meant to be i mean i hate that COVID hit and you know it really destroyed my daughter's senior year she was valedictorian of her class she's student athlete like it was the last summer for her before she went on to college and i was just like wow this is you know for all these kids like that they didn't get prom they didn't get um all the fun things that come with their senior year but we tried to make it the best we could and lo and behold we birthed an entire business so it was a lot of fun definitely i think a lot of people wish they could have done that in <laughs> covid and people tried but it's amazing that you know you took that that opportunity made roasted whisk and you're still going with it so again roasted whisk is a coffee gift box company so gift boxes for all occasions inspired by coffee did you see the upwards trend of gift boxing? Um, you know, my so my daughter's 20, so she was about 18 when she started. And of course, TikTok had just gotten big. And so I she would show me these videos, the unboxing videos, and I saw it, but I really didn't know. It was so my mom is a big part of the story and she has dementia. So we had to be very careful with her and where she went during the lockdown. So my house was the safe house. So she would come over and we'd be baking and she has a, an, an incredible sweet tooth. And 
I would, you know, have the brownies out. I, I called the espresso brownies the OG because they were the first thing that we worked with. And she would say, well, can you put those in a box for me? And so the boxes were like, you know, Tupperware with a blue lid that you got at a Target. And she was taking those boxes to her 55 and up community and putting them on the doorsteps of people that either had COVID, didn't have family. Like she wanted to make people smile, even with her dementia. She was still like focused on other people. And then we just ended up running to a store and buying just a box and then just started messing with different things. And that's when we were like, I could do this. Like I can make this something, you know? And it all came from my mom saying, can you put that in a box for me? Just that just makes it so much more special. And I love that story that she was just giving out your brownies to people in her 55 up community. And, you know, even with dementia, like she, she knew, and you know, now she's the one that inspired your whole business. So it's, it's really an amazing story. Really funny. I really didn't even know. None of us were really aware that she was doing that until the quarantine was over and I went to visit and I pulled up and, um, one of her neighbors kind of caught me by surprise and she was like, here, she's like, oh my gosh, I had one of your cookies and I was up for like four hours. And I was like, what? <laughs> so she goes, but it was the best cookie of my life. I just didn't know it had coffee in it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's when we became aware that my mom was doing that. We had no idea. And I mean, I just felt really bad for this woman. I'm like, I am so sorry. She goes, don't be honey. It was the best cookie I've ever had. Do you have more? So I almost felt like a dealer, you know, there, there, I was like, whoa, okay. So it was, it was really, it was really fun. And my mom is super inspiring. And, you know, right now, like we're struggling with her dementia. It's been very bad. Like she really doesn't remember this part, but I'm really focused on making it such a successful business just for her, just because she smiles every time she sees me bake. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so amazing. And especially now that you can be home with her and, and have that time with her because you're not in corporate America anymore. You have that flexibility. And I think that's also really, really special. Thank you. So in these boxes, can you tell us a little bit more about um, some things that you put in them? So you said you're baking, you have cookies, brownies. What else could go in these boxes? Yeah, most of the boxes are themed out and most of them are customizable. So we have fun mugs like on Facebook. I'm pretty known for even when I have the popcorn shop, I didn't post a lot about popcorn. I was always posting some funny coffee meme. So I took those coffee memes and I put them on mugs. So you can get a cute mug that says, you know, no talking before coffee or hugging a mug or um, we have a line of baked goods. So we have like espresso and a few snickerdoodles and chocolate chip cookies and minis um so most of them are customizable so you get mugs we do have candles that are scented with espresso we have lotions um so many different things and that you can use for any gift birthdays anniversaries you know thinking of you i had one of my doctors um i think somebody in there had lost someone and he's like i don't want to do flowers so we sent um, coffee is self-care because that's one of my boxes. My favorite because of, you know, my morning times who can relate. You have that cup of coffee. You want quiet time yeah. and a mug in a mug. And we include a little gift card. There's 
an area on the website that let's say it's a birthday, you can tell us happy birthday, Megan, and we'll write hand write it in because I believe I love technology. You know, we love our new iPhones and we love texting and snap and all the great things, but I really believe in a handwritten note. It's there's just something meaningful about it. So we do take the time. If you put something in that special box, we will handwrite it out and put that in the gift box. And that's really special. And I think a lot of people are really focusing on supporting that small business. And even though times are hard, uh, we see it's more important than ever to, you know, really support the businesses around you, especially our Tampa based company. And what tips do you have for growing a company like this, especially as a female business owner during this time of so much oh. technology? I've seen, you know, I sometimes feel like I'm still learning and I try to reach out to different entrepreneurs. Um, I would say get involved in a lot of networking. Um, there are so many female-based networking companies and, that you can get involved in and have that face-to-face. -face. You know, there's, I love social media marketing and obviously I'm a e-commerce based um, business. So I'm online. And so it's a whole different beast. I'm actually, you know, from retail, you have that storefront. So for online businesses, it's just so it's a different animal. So I feel like I'm evolving and learning, but I will say the combination of social media marketing and learning, you know, what's best for you, what's your age group and face-to-face -face contact, you know, brand awareness, find those small events. People love small markets. Tampa is like every weekend you can find a small market. Even if it's just to hand out brochures to your business, to build your email list, which I learned with this new business, so important. You know, most of your buyers are clicking from your emails. Mm -hmm. So it's really, finding the balance between your social media marketing, which obviously we do and I love, and that face-to-face -face contact. It's really important. People wanna to get to know you. They wanna trust you. If they trust you, they trust your brand. If they trust you and your brand, they buy from you. Amazing, that is so true. And I think it is so, so important to have that balance of, yes, you need to have that presence on social media, be posting and remember, have everyone remember you and, and have that consistency, but you mm -hmm. also need to physically be there. And I agree that face-to-face, -face, that networking, and if people trust you, they'll trust your brand and they'll buy from you. So um, I think you hit that right on. The balance is so, so important. Yes. I want to ask about if there are any challenges that you faced at the start of Roasted Whisk, or maybe even when you started the popcorn, just challenges you faced as an entrepreneur. There's always challenges. <laughs> I would say for me, even though right now, like we're talking about networking. So one of my challenges has actually been that like once I get going, I'm really talkative and I like to meet people, but lo and behold, like, one of my biggest challenges is anxiety and like really taking that step out there because you're so afraid to fail. No one wants to, you know, if someone wants to talk to you or not. And that was one of my biggest challenges um, was to really like believe in myself and get out there with the networking and understand that that was really important. So I think like what Chef inspired because I had a storefront and I had when I first started, it was a storefront and really not a known area. Like 
you know, around where I live because I was just starting out and I never meant to be a retail. I wanted to be a wholesaler. I wanted to be the next Doritos, you know, to have other people selling my popcorn. And then I was like, oh, this is fun. People are actually coming from other areas to my shop. So I moved it to South Tampa to be in a bigger neighborhood. But now transitioning over to online, you know, I would say that that's like one of the one of the things that I struggled with. That's why I like I'm really saying for, you know, new entrepreneurs, you really have to find that balance. That's so true. You did start with that, you know, brick and mortar and then had to go into e-commerce, which is just a completely different switch up. Everything you do is is different. So that's definitely a challenge to face. So you were saying to, you know, these new entrepreneurs to find a mentor. Did you have a mentor when you were going through this? I didn't. The With Chef Inspired, I didn't. I really like was very... That was, you know, one of my biggest mistakes was I was like, oh, I could do this. Like, I don't I don't need to talk to anybody like, you know, I'm Lizette Rivera. Like I was a VP of claims. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, diddly poop in entrepreneur world. And I learned that very quick. So I really like stepped over my feet a few times. Like I bounced from, you know, really kind of feeling myself from my old world. Like, hey, I was this big wig in claims and everybody knew me to I, I don't need a mentor to with this business transitioning to online going no i actually need someone that has been there done that and that can kind of help you know smooth out those little bumps for me and there's nothing wrong with that like i felt like i should already know all these things because i was in corporate america but being in corporate america and being an entrepreneur like you can take some things with you but it really is a different animal and you know, I needed to learn that I am my own brand. Uh, you know, my name is a brand. People did know me from, you know, being in claims when I owned the popcorn shop. And I needed to understand that, um, you know, even my social media, my personal social media. So, and it was my mentor that said, hey, you know, I know you want to post about everything under the sun, but you need to learn to be Switzerland too. And know that everybody is your customer. And that was, you know, those were... Those were a few things that, you know, having a mentor helped me with, you know, putting me with the right programs to file for a small business loan, um, teaching me, you know, who to reach out to for certain things, like even with social media, you know, who would work best for me with my personality, with what I wanted to bring out there to everybody. So it was a it was a tough lesson. And when you're uh, 53 years old, and you have to learn those lessons, they're they're hard ones. Yeah, I do agree. I think every business owner entrepreneur should have a mentor because, you know, you don't know everything. And it, it just helps so much to have someone who's been there done that can help you avoid making mistakes versus I feel like before people would, you know, make mistakes and learn from that. You don't have to do that anymore because we have these business coaches and mentors to really guide you through and be able to ask them anything really. It's it's very helpful and I do feel like it's important and it's it's never a bad thing. It's only a thing that will make you better as a business owner and, and a more confident business owner. Oh absolutely. I love now that I am in a position to do mentoring and I mean I live for it so I'm very grateful that you know I kind of let that side of me go and said okay like I want this to business to thrive so I really need to 
you know, find. And I have multiple members, mentors that I go to. And, you know, I like a very direct approach. So I don't like a lot of BS. So just get straight to the point and, you know, find somebody that suits your personality. Not everybody is like that. And that's, you know, what I tell people all the time, they're like, you make it look so easy. And I was like, it's not like I was packaging boxes at 10 o'clock at night last night. I just wanted to be on the sofa with a cup of coffee. But, you know, it's really important to find somebody that you can connect with. And being a business owner is hard. And a lot of people don't see everything and can't really understand unless they're there. But what skills have you found found vital to your career? Um, to be a business owner? What skills do you need? You know, I, a lot of the skill sets that I feel like I have, you know, just in natural, like being organized, being very disciplined and very structured is really going to help you. Um, if you don't have that, start working on it. Um, I like to get up at the same time every morning if possible, you know, get into type of routine and no boundaries. Boundaries were something that, you know, it took me a long time to learn because you do want to still spend time with your loved ones, you know, and like I've said, you know, my mom with her dementia, like I have to learn boundaries. I have to learn that, you know, there might be some times that I have to package boxes at 10 o'clock, you know, but taking calls after a certain hour, you know, not stretching yourself too thin, because if you're not healthy, then how are you going to run your business? So those are a few things like I really feel like, you know, my organizational skills from being a mom and being in corporate America, like really helped propel the business. And I agree that balancing life and work as a business owner can be extremely challenging, because there is you know, this great thing that you're a business owner, you can work at any time, but you also don't, you know, want to be working at night and you need to give yourself that break because if you don't, then your life could feel like work and it feels like you never have time for yourself. So it's super important to have boundaries. I agree that will give you that balance. Yeah. Once you find that, you know, it's okay to have them. Like, you know, I'm mentoring someone right now, and you know, he's been a friend of mine for forever and he shuts his work phone off. And I was like, why? He doesn't have boundaries. And I said, okay, well, if you set expectations to your customers, they will respect that. They shouldn't be calling you at 10 o'clock at night to cut down a tree unless it's an emergency on a roof. So you know, he felt he always had to answer the phone, you know, and customer service is a large part of his business, my business, but people do respect boundaries. They, they have lives as well. I mean, ordering a, a box is, you know, not like life threatening. Like if you do set those boundaries with your customers, they will totally respect that. And that's what I'm trying to, you know, like he is a young son and he's a single dad. And I was like, okay, so why don't we put on social media that your phone hours or your customer service hours are nine 
to five or whatever you want them to be. If you're up at six o'clock and you don't mind taking a call at seven, then make it seven to four. But have that have those boundaries because your son needs you. He needs you to cook dinner for him, help him with homework, not you running to your phone. And then when you get overwhelmed, he just shuts it off. And then three days later, he's got like 500 voicemails. Like that's not how you're gonna be able to scale your business and it's unhealthy for you. So if you, that goes hand in hand with having structure and being organized as a business owner. Yeah. So that's um, part of my, you know, I have like three people right now that I'm mentoring. So he's probably the hardest, but I love him still. But teaching boundaries is really hard. It's it's hard because you, you want to be accessible to your customers 24 seven. And I am very, very customer service oriented. I always look at what would I want from a, a product? Like, how would I approach it if I opened a box and one of my cookies was damaged or I spent, you know, $60 and someone and the mug was broken. So I always try, I'm a consumer as well as a business owner. So I always try to get, you know, kind of look at that perspective as well. Definitely. And now I just want to transition to social media and how you really use social media for your business. So what methods do you use currently to promote Roasted Whisk? So we use Instagram. So Instagram, Facebook, and we're transitioning to TikTok and LinkedIn. I'm so excited about that. Um, I'm learning a lot about reels and video. So we use those a lot. Um, I know that we're using ads as well, which is great. Um, I really want to be part of that hashtag. Uh, TikTok made me buy it, so I'm really pushing for that. <laughs> but yeah. right now, like those are some of the some of um, some of the things that we're using. I did learn over time, you know, and working with really great social media um, management companies. Consistency is the key. So it's just finding that balance of what we're posting, when we're posting it, and how consistent are we. Telling that story authentically. You know, people want to get to know you. They they want to hear a podcast interview. They want to know that, you know, you're normal and, you know, you don't want to talk to people until you've had your coffee. You, you know, so I'm trying to put a lot of that into my social media because I really think, like I said before, like if people trust you, they get to know you, they trust your brand. And once the trust is there, you know, they buy your product. They're not buying the box, they're buying you. I completely agree. And I do think those that video format is now so important. And with your company, you know, being such a special and, and unique business model that you have so much opportunity for, for content and creation. But, you know, again, you're a mother, you're busy. So how has it helped you to outsource your um, social media and content creation to a marketing agency? Oh my God, it's night and day. Um, when I was first starting out, I, I felt like I was glued to my phone. And, you know, one of the things that I did learn is that, you know, I can't do every single little thing. You know, as a business owner, you should know every aspect of your business, but that doesn't mean that you cannot delegate. It doesn't make you a poor business owner because you're not posting five times a day. Absolutely not. You have to actually have your hands in everything and know every single little thing what's going on, but learn to delegate. It's been a game changer for me. Um, I've hit my head a few times with social media marketing companies, get to know them 
and learn their personalities and above all have them learn you if they don't know your personality and who you are how are they going to post how are they going to create that um and it's okay to also give input say no i did have somebody and um it was just crazy it it wasn't even me and i had to take back control so interview them get to know them take them out for coffee have drinks but make sure that you guys are on the same page i mean delegating kind of gave me my life back especially i don't have a storefront so my social media is everything i don't need to constantly be on my phone now there's a trust level that they're telling the story and i am involved in just about everything, but it does give me boundaries. It lets me have time with my daughter when she comes home from the summer from college and, you know, dinner's out and time with my mom. So, you know, a lot of people, I do have a couple of um, friends that own businesses and they're like, but they're so expensive. And I was like, you'll, you'll find it. You'll find that balance. You'll find one that works for you. Keep, keep moving, keep interviewing because, you know, you just can't do every single little thing and then have time for yourself. You have to learn how to delegate. And I'm so happy that you realized that because I think that's such an important lessons for business owners that it's okay to delegate and you can't be great at everything. And it's hard because as a business owner, you're expected to be a content creator, which, you know, is a new thing that even young people are struggling with everyone's trying to be a content creator but as a business owner you're just expected to be able to create content stay in with the trends and it is a lot so having that ability to outsource a marketing agency to help you and do it with you just you know really will elevate and take your business to the next level and definitely helps you scale your business but also gives you more time and like you said, you're able to set those boundaries too because you have that help. Yeah, absolutely. And I've really gotten to get I've really gotten to know them well. And it's really cute when they I'm involved in just almost every aspect of it when they say, Oh my gosh, we're learning so much from you and I'm learning from them. So there's so much positivity in, you know. And I understand that not everybody can afford it, but I think if you just kind of dig deep, there's many out there that, you know, you should be able to find somebody that kind of fits your needs. Definitely. And what would you say the importance of social media is to you and your business, especially you were saying you don't have that storefront. So, you know, how important is social media to you? It is very important. It is very important. It helps me tell my story and reach so many people without having that storefront so for me it's it's an extension of me it's it is my storefront um it's you know with technology right now like the way we have it set up if you're on my instagram and we have an ad or um we try you know i don't feel the need to be like super salesy or constantly and you know in sales mode all the time you can purchase something straight from instagram we try to make it super easy for you um but I feel like it is my storefront and it is an extension of me. And it's a, just a very fast way of getting my story and my brand in front of, you know, millions of people without having that storefront. Definitely. And so is your biggest um, method you use to promote Instagram shopping? 
I would say yes, Instagram and Facebook, you know, they're linked together. So that would probably be the biggest format. Um, we're gonna um, put our toe in the water of TikTok. So I'm kind of excited about that. I don't know if I'll like be in any crazy videos, but you know, I'm, I'm up for it. I do have a 20 year old. So you know, I just did the tortilla slap thing with her. And it, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this, but you know, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it comes with owning a business now you just gotta do <laughs> funny reels and the funny tiktoks and honestly it just adds some fun to the business so yeah it's, it actually just makes you look real and fun and you know i listen we were just at bourbon street and i know some of my you know fun with my daughter is all over her snap and she says listen my friends look forward to seeing stuff that you do mom they think you're hysterical and i'm like i don't even want to see it sammy just don't show it to me <laughs> that's so special so just the last question I want to ask in this podcast is what's the biggest takeaway that you hope our listeners learn from this podcast? Um, you know, the biggest takeaway for me is if you're passionate about something, you can do it. You really can. Um, I know a lot of people are just really afraid to jump into the entrepreneurship because they don't want to fail. Failure is okay. Failure is absolutely okay because you cannot grow without failure. You just can't. So if you've just taken anything away, you know, um, it's that if you, if there is something inside of you and you think, and you have a product or a service or an idea and you want to see it through to fruition, just take that leap, take that leap. You'd be pleasantly surprised. I promise you at the end of the day, if you just take it. Well, Lizette, thank you so much. I think that was the perfect lesson to leave this podcast off. I'm just going to run through some important things we talked about and give um, a little wrap up of the podcast. So again, this is Lizette Rivera of Roasted Whisk. She's the founder of this company. We talked a lot about the importance of balancing social media and actual face-to-face -face interactions and networking and how that balance is needed as an entrepreneur to really show your personal brand and show that you have um, a face to this business. We talked about you know, when you're an entrepreneur, how important it is to be structured and have that organization and those boundaries that need to be set in order for you to have balance in your life and balance in your work, which is so important. We talked about the importance of, you know, being able to delegate some things and how it's okay as a business owner to outsource the things that, you know, you need help in and be, being able to focus on what you need to do so that you could do it best. And again, just being passionate and that failure is okay and you need that failure to grow. And Lizette, thank you so much. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and your business? Um, I appreciate you having me. It's great. A lot of fun. Um, you can find us online at roastedwisk.com and all our social media formats is at roastedwisk. And again, my name is Naja Sasa and you can find Gentech Marketing at, at Gentech Marketing on all social media platforms. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you again next week.